And so I know that I talk to some of our older clients here that are 60s and 70s, and they go to class reunions. They, they get together with their friends and how they're talking about being really active and doing all these things where their friends are just like, they're using walkers, they're using canes. They're talking about all these pains and aches and you know how many physical problems they have. They can't balance, they can't stabilize. It's like, what a different discussion that this, this, these two people, same age group, same kind of peer group area, are having way too different conversations. Cheesy intro line in three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Fitness Line Down podcast, where I am your host and owner extraordinaire, Corey Cripe. So flying solo in seat number one today, and I do have a wealth of things I would like to discuss, talk about, things that have been on my mind, and maybe a little bit of shift in how I think, which sounds a little scary in itself. And this isn't, I mean, of course, yes, we'll be talking a lot about DVRT things with some MIM things, and how all this stuff just kind of flows a little bit more into getting older, (laughs) something that is inevitable. You can't fight Father Time, and that's okay. Uh, you know, so how many how many people you know try to fight like, through surgeries, through all these like special diets, through all these different detoxes? They're trying to they're trying to basically run away from getting older. And I do believe that becoming older is not a bad thing. It's just that you have to be a little bit more critical of your self care. You have to be thinking about what you're doing, how you're doing it, and you know how much of it you're doing at the same time. To help that you can, there was a quote that I always kind of fall back on is, you know, we're meant to age strong and grow gracefully. Or maybe I have that wrong. Maybe it's we're meant to grow strong and age gracefully. There's something about that. And you look at like, I think about some of these cultures and other parts of the world where the people that are 50, 60, 70, you know, they just, they have this beautiful, almost weathered look because they've lived a long life, but they move so well. You know, they're not... They're not limping. They, the movement has always been a part of their culture, a part of their life. Where you start looking at the Western world, I mean, we have some great things in the Western world. I don't want to be knocking what's been happening. But we have, we have kind of incubated a little bit of culture of laziness. You know, everything is so automatic. We don't have to do much. We don't even have to, we don't have to get in our car to go get fast food anymore. We can just get it door dashed over to us. We don't have to do much to do anything. And I think therein kind of lies a little bit of the problem is we've become lazy, sedentary. And I think about that movie, if you've ever seen it, Wally, uh, I think it's a Pixar movie. And it's just like the culture. That's where people have been is they're, they haven't like been in gravity. They haven't been on the ground at all. So they're just bodies have become bigger and bigger. They become lazier and lazier. And we've relied on electronics to do all the things. And Again, I don't want to knock the Western world. I don't want to knock technology. I think there's some great strives and advancements. But I feel like we have just become disconnected, period. We've become disconnected relationship-wise. We've become disconnected movement-wise. We've just become disconnected emotionally, too. It's, it's kind of a, it can be a sad state of affairs, but it doesn't have to be. So kind of getting back to this, though, is as you see people in the neighborhood, people that you know, as they're growing older, how is their movements being impacted by their lifestyle? Because I could say it's easy to sit on the couch all day, but it's hard. It's hard for that easy because there's a consequence. There's a price to be paid. 
And, you know, most of the culture, we sit on the couch, we do things, we sit at the chair, we do things, we sit in our car, we do things, we sit on the lawnmower, we do things. We don't really use our bodies the way it should be. So one of the reasons why we love to give people fitness lying down is that we can reconnect the body. And I don't expect fitness lying down to be the end all for people. I don't expect them to be like, you know, I did my hour, my two hours this week of fitness lying down, the rest of the week I'm taking off. I kind of want it to be a little bit of a ripple effect. Maybe not a little. I want it to be a lot of a ripple effect. I want people, as they come in, they reclaim their movement strength. They restore the core function. They improve their mobility. They improve their flexibility. They improve their endurance. That this motivates them to do more things outside of the gym. That they have, you know, the object in motion stays in motion. So that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to get people to keep moving. We're here for certain purposes, certain reasons, but we're not here because of everything. You know, we don't, we don't do everything here. We do strength training. We do nutrition because we got people who are in charge of these things that know what they're doing. And yes, and now we're offering a little bit more of a service for mindfulness and some more of that kind of like movement with mobility, I guess, that myofascial integrated movement that we can take our strength training to another level and add this in as a service to make people continue feeling better. But I want to be careful when I was talking about people becoming lazy. I don't, you know, I understand there's things, there's other things that happen. I mean, it's not just, we've talked about this, Josh and I, we've talked about this many times that we're not just saying, Hey, you're overweight because you're lazy and you're not trying or you're, you're being lazy just because you're lazy. I understand that there's so many other aspects into this that can play in as factors. So I don't want to just say that, but at the same time, some of this has resulted in the fact that we just don't move. And we want to give people here at Fitness Line Down, we want to give them that opportunity, we want to give them that, that space where they feel comfortable, that they feel like they belong, so that they're more willing to move and to be coached. So we don't want to give them that environment that stresses them out where they feel like somebody's harping on them, that they have to do this, they have to do this, and if they don't do that, then they're falling short of the mark. No, we want to make sure that we give them that spot. But I just don't want to say like, hey, because you're not moving around, that's on you. you know, I'm blaming you for everything. There's, there's got to be some accountability, but at the same time, I do understand. There's more layers to this than meets the eye. But as we're kind of talking about this, so what I want to talk to is my people that are kind of in between. So what do I mean by that? And I feel like, I feel like I'm in between. You know, I, I tell people this year I'll be 45. So I'm not old, but I'm also not young anymore. And I have to start thinking more about how my body's been responding to certain stimulus, stimuli when I'm doing my strength training. It's always been as kind of the, the male, I guess, going into the work, the, the weight room, is a lot of times it's, I just wanna push as much weight as I can. Like every session, I just wanna maximize how much weight I can lift, how many reps, how many sets, and then move on. And I'm just finding out that that might not be the best way to approach things. And I have been, I've been challenging myself, and it's been a hard pill to swallow, because when we're doing our staff sessions, when we're doing our coaches' uh, training sessions, and a lot of the times now recently, some of the weights that I would choose for certain exercises for certain time protocols, I have purposely gone down a little bit in the weight. And I do tell them, though, when we're getting done with the session, I'm like, it feels so good not killing my body. Because there's something about the work that you put in, but as we've talked about ad nauseum on this program here, is that the work you put in, you also have to rest well. You just can't work out well. You have to rest well. 
for the recovery process to happen. I don't know how my resting is per se. Like I feel like I'm pretty good. My nutrition's good. Water, I mean, sometimes maybe coffee a little bit more than water, so I can improve on that. You know, I can improve on my sleep too. I feel like I do get a pretty good six to eight, but I like to be more close to that eight range than the six range. However, there are things that I could change. And so this is the beauty of DVRT. It came to my mind yesterday that we were doing an overhead press, standing with both feet on the ground. So if you know anything about DVRT, which I'd imagine if you've been listening to this program, you have an idea that this is a pretty foundational, fundamental, low-level press with my body position. So I had, it wasn't like it was the lightest weight, but I also know that I could have gone one size up more in the kettlebell. I've done it before in the past, but I'm like, when I do that weight, I'm getting maybe five reps. And the mark here during a 1545 MRT, metabolic resistance training session, is in 15 seconds, we're shooting between five to eight reps. So if I have that heavier bell and I'm getting five reps, I'm staying within that parameter. But if I just go down one weight, I'm getting six. And I'm still staying within that parameter. But guess what? My shoulder feels better, right? I don't feel like I'm stressing myself out. I don't think I'm, I, I'm not relying on certain compensations because in 15 seconds, I kind of have to move quick to get those five reps. So I might not be getting it as well, as, as efficiently as I might have in the past. So I, I go ahead and I, I go down in a weight. I have to swallow my humble pill. And it's a, it's, it's a hard pill to take sometimes. But I just know that if I look in the future, it's like this is going to feel better down the road. Like after the session, I'm not going to be worn out, desperately tired. I'm going to feel like I got a good session and my body's going to feel better because I didn't like try to go as hard as I could in this session. But what did I do? You know, I did my first set, maybe two sets. I think I did one set at least with feet flat on the ground. And it's like, okay, not too much of a challenge. There's a couple options I could have done. Actually, there's plenty of options I could have done now that I'm thinking about it, but I just went to the one right away. It was just kind of a knee-jerk reflex response that I moved into the sprinter stance. So I've changed my body position now to the point where I have a little less stability in my body position, which is going to rely, it's going to have to force me to be a little bit more tuned in in the body to press the weight overhead. And so, yeah, making that little change, I was still able to get six reps in, but there's a difference between six reps with about 15 seconds left on the clock, six, or that's a lot of seconds. <laughs> 15 seconds, I get another rep. There's a difference between like 15 seconds with maybe three seconds left on the clock versus getting that sixth rep with no seconds left. So it made it just a little bit more challenging and it felt good. Uh, all five rounds that we did, like my shoulders feel good. And kind of the joke is too, even though I mentioned before, I'm not young, I'm not old. I'm old enough now where pillows matter. <laughs> it's, it's such an embarrassing thing, I guess you could say, but for a while now, it's been months, maybe longer than months, I'd wake up in the morning and my neck was really stiff. Like, just, it's cranky. It didn't feel good. And then that, like, leaded it, let, let, leaded, led into, like, my traps, kind of into my shoulder, too. I felt like this pinchy feeling every time I woke up in the morning. And I've been sleeping with the same pillow for I don't know how long. Finally, it just dawned on me. Maybe I should change my pillow. Maybe, maybe what I need, actually, I, use, I usually just use a single pillow. Maybe I need to double up the pillows. Maybe that pillow being so like down it causes pressure and stress on my neck while I'm sleeping that I don't need. So amazingly, you know, within the last month, I've elevated my, my pillow height 
and I sleep so much better and I wake up in the morning and my neck feels great and my shoulders don't ache anymore. So when I'm doing these presses, things feel really good. So it's just like those small little, those small little things that we have to honor as we grow older so that we can age gracefully, so we can grow strong. And it's, it's kind of exciting, but at the same time, well, no, it is. It's just exciting because I was going to say at the same time, it's scary because you're starting to get older. You have to make these changes in your life that I'm not going to be able to always lift the heavy weights all the time. And I'm okay with that because I have those other options that even though the weight that I'm lifting, the, low, the, the actual weight that I'm lifting might be lighter, I can change the load by how I change the holding position and body position. So this is actually coming more into a way of being the things that I've always known through DVRT, I just did because it was like, all right, I'm going to make this change because it's going to be just a little more challenging where now it's, it's actually honoring where my body is. So I feel great. I feel like I'm moving even better. And I have to take some of that credit to the MIM, the myofascial integrated movement. See, I got to plug it in. Um, for me, what's so exciting about this, and we've talked about this on the program, is the strength training is like brushing your teeth. You've got to do that. But I feel like this MIM is a way to floss. And even though I am a good mover, I feel like I'm even better now. Like I feel like my hips, my hips feel better than they ever have. And they haven't like felt bad, but now they feel better. And I don't know how to explain that. Like I'm still trying to figure out how to, how to articulate how somebody that feels pretty good overall even feels better. Um, so by dialing down the weight a little bit, being a little bit smarter with that, but then including the MIM. So like daily, I'm doing at least 10 minutes daily. Sometimes I'm doing more. Today is a Wednesday. So Wednesdays mean that we have our MIM class that we're holding. So I basically get like 45 to an hour of some serious MIM time with the students that come in with me. So there's, there's all that. And then find it on the weekend too. It's just in weekends, I'm, you know, I've got things going on. I've got house chores going on. i got to-do lists to go on. You know, I tend to take a nice little walk with the wife um, that's kind of our time together that we talk about a lot of things. But, you know, she likes to, I wish it was a little later on in the morning, but she likes to get out there right away early morning, Saturday. Um, I, I tend to like to sleep in when I can. Now, when I say sleep in, I sleep until like 530. But anyway, I digress. So I do have some activity that way, but I'm not one to like want to strength train on the weekend. That's just, I don't, I could if I wanted to, but I don't want to. But what do I want to do? I want to do some MIM things. I'm more drawn to do that. On, I'm more drawn to do that over the weekend. So like on a Saturday, it's like, okay, I got about 20 minutes. I'm going to give myself some time. I'm going to choose three exercises that I need to practice. I need to practice these to get better, to get better for myself, to get better for coaching, to get better for the clients, to get better because I'm preparing for the upcoming week's class. So I spend 20 minutes doing this on a Saturday, 10, 20 minutes doing this on a Sunday. And just that little bit that I do I feel so much better on Monday morning. I don't feel like, and it's not that mental, like kind of emotional, hey, I did something, so I feel better about it. It's actually physically, I feel like just that small little investment time that I put in over the weekend has given me a lot of return on that investment starting on Monday morning. Feel better, shoulders feel great, my hips feel great, my knees feel great. I'm just like more energized, ready to go. And so it's just like, as I'm talking out here to anybody that's able to listen that can relate to the fact that, I'm not that old, but I'm not that young. You know, we do have to start thinking about how we change our perception on fitness and strength training. And this is one of those things that I do believe. I've talked about this, at least on the kettlebells and coffee. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast. Is being the trainer, 
that is, what is it? Empathetic. So empathetic is when you, you've, you've shared an experience, you know what it's like to be like that, that I can actually kind of relate more to people that are in my age range. Where back when I first started training people, I was 20 some years old. I, I thought I knew, but I had no idea what it was like to be 30, which looking back, 30 is not too much different than being in your 20s. I don't care what you say. But when you start hitting like higher 30s, you start getting the 40s, there's, there's things that are noticeable in your life that have changed physically, you know, maybe not dramatically, but it's like, oh, wow, it takes me a little bit longer to get warmed up. It takes me a little bit longer to do this or, you know, it's not, it's not forever. It doesn't take you forever to tie your shoes, but it's like, oh man, I'm just a little bit more tight from that workout than I normally would be. And this is okay. This is accepting and embracing. So instead of being stubborn and trying to, trying to gear out and try to grind as much as you can during your session, like you were 20 or 30 years old, if you're 40, 50, 60, it's okay to take it down a little bit. And as you take it down, as I mentioned earlier, what a great blessing to be able to make some of those changes. Again, whether it's body position, whether it's holding position, whether it's plane of motion, you don't have to use the heaviest weights. Once in a while, it's okay. Like if, I, if I'm feeling pretty good and I want to go a little heavier that day, maybe I do that. Maybe I do it within my, my workout, my, my set. So maybe I, in my set, I have three, four, five sets of something. Maybe I start with the first three rounds of a lighter implement, a lighter load. But then the last two rounds, I'm like, I feel pretty good. I'm going to just jump up to the, to the heavier one for the last two. Those are smart ways to honor how your body is aging and that you can age gracefully, as I've talked about. And you can still grow strong because growing strong, I, there's that point. I remember, I forget when it was, but like for the male, there's a point where you kind of stop growing muscle and you know, things start atrophying as mother nature intends but you can slow down that process. You don't, have to, you don't have to try to run away from the process. You can embrace and slow it down. So instead of just like pressing on the gas and becoming old or trying to slam on the brakes, which I don't think works either, you just tap on the brakes as you get older. Just tap on the brakes, enjoy the process, enjoy like what I actually, I revel in a little bit, and maybe this is unhealthy, <laughs> is that I see people that are my, my age uh, people that I went to high school with that are similar, similar in age and whatnot, I see them on social media. They're living their lives, having probably a good time. But I see that their aging process is a lot different than mine. I see that their bodies, like people that once were standout athletes in my high school, in college, don't really, haven't taken care of their bodies as well as they could have. And so this is a little bit of a difference. And so I know that I talked to some of our older clients here that are 60s and 70s, and they go to class reunions. They, they get together with their friends and how they're talking about being really active and doing all these things where their friends are just like, they're using walkers, they're using canes. They're talking about all these pains and aches and you know how many physical problems they have. They can't balance, they can't stabilize. It's like, what a different discussion that this, this, these two people, same age group, same kind of peer group area, are having way too different conversations. Now, anything could happen, right? I mean, there could be a serious injury, accident. This could alter my path of aging, for sure. But whatever I can control right now, I'm going to try. And I'm going to try through resting well, right? The recovery process, I've got to recover well. So not only have I talked about my sleep and my hydration, there's also the nutrition part of this. I am pretty religious about going to um, massage 
Um, so kind of manual therapy things. Uh, I feel like that's a great benefit to me, especially being a trainer on the floor. There is so much more that I get from that that helps me. It's not a relaxation thing. It's not where it's just kind of a foo-foo. I mean, we get after body parts that need a little bit extra attention. It can be a little painful. I'm not going to lie. But it's it's a painful that's not a hurting pain. It's just temporary. And then when I get off the table, I feel so much better, so much relief. And then I like to couple that with doing some of the MIM or DVRT restoration drills to kind of add a little bit to some of that extra mobility, extra range of motion that I was given through this therapy session. And when we're talking about like the training effect that we have, you know, so we've talked about all the recovery stuff. It is amazing how we have had clients that have kind of gone back and forth between group training and personal training. You know, group training, group training is a wonderful thing, and we try to make it as personalized as we can for each individual. So, I mean, we have so many solutions for people that are unable to lunge, are unable to do overhead pressing. Like, that's not so much the problem. But sometimes the pace, and as much as, let's be honest, you're in a group training session, especially even at Fitness Line Down, where you don't want, we're not stressing people to be competitive or to get more, 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 right? We, we're not always like, hey, more is better. We're always about, hey, better is better. It can be a little difficult because you've got these expectations. You've got people around you that are kind of giving it their all. And you see them, you kind of relate with somebody like, oh, that person's like me. So they're lifting that weight. I should be lifting that weight. But then you go to lift that weight and you're like, that was a mistake. But I'm going to keep doing it because, you know, so we as coaches try to try to recognize that and try to talk people off the ledge, if you will, that, hey, you don't have to do that weight. You don't have to keep up with anybody. Like you work with whatever pace, whatever you know, range of motion you have. And... For the most part, that's, that's successful. But group can also be, you know, it's, I'm kind of around scattered in my thoughts per our usual conversation. I think about sometimes when people, when they sign up for personal training and they're like, hey, like later on, can I graduate and go to group training? And I don't want to think of it as you're graduating. One form of training is not better or worse than the other. And one doesn't mean like you're working your way up to it's just that one has a different kind of feel to it and the other has a different feel to it. And sometimes when we're in that group training, because we're so under time, that pressure, you know, we might not be able to be as thoughtful, as mindful about some of the exercises as we can, that it might be a better option for you to go to the personal training. Well, then we're working more sets and reps. We're working with your time, right? So you're not working on the group's time clock. You're working on your time. So if you just need a few extra seconds to breathe before you have to go to that next exercise on the, on the personal training side, that's totally okay. And, you know, I've got to reiterate, like we're not, we're not trying to push people past, their, past where they need to be in group, right? We're not trying to push them over the ledge and make them like kill every time. No, that, that's not good for business. Killing your clients is not good for business in the fitness industry. We want them to keep coming back. And as I mentioned earlier, even myself personally, that whole, it feels so good not to kill myself in a session. Well, I've got to be honest. This is like Corey's confession, right? I like to lift heavy weights and I think I'm going to still do the heavy weights when I want to do heavy weights. But there was a point where it felt like every session we were doing, as I mentioned before, even, you know, as much as I talked and preached about, hey, listen to your body. I don't think I was listening to my body as well. It was like every session, I was trying to get as much weight as I could, trying to get as many reps as I could in that time frame with the given weight that I had. And I could do it. And I could do it and not like, it wasn't like gross amounts of compensation, but it was like my body just felt 
worn out. I, I guess, for lack of better words, worn out. And the one thing I like to do is I like to do a session like every day of the week. So if I'm wearing myself out, and even though my sessions vary in intensity, so it's not like five days a week I'm doing high intensity, high intensity, high intensity, high intensity. No, it's like I do a high intent. I do kind of a medium, low intense on Monday, a little higher on Tuesday. Wednesday is gonna be my MIM day. Um, MIM, and you know, I try to get a little bit extra cardiovascular, so I'm always going out for my mental health walk. Thursday tends to be a medium intensity day, so not crazy high, not crazy low, but just a nice little bear just right. And then Fridays tend to be a kind of a hybrid between some MIM drills and some good good DVRT drills that's just going to make me want to be into the weekend feeling really good. But if I stress myself out two or three days of those week, of the week, right? So if I'm really going after two or three days, which I tend to do, I'm really exhausted by Friday and I don't, I really don't want to move. And then I start thinking like, I don't want to work out on Tuesday because I'm just so tired of beating up my body. But then that revelation, like when you finally listen to what you tell everybody, and you, you take it into consideration that, you know what? I'm just going to take the weights down a little bit and I'm going to be okay with that. Now it's been about like a month long experiment and I'll say, I feel like I have more energy. I don't feel so broken down throughout the week. I feel like I'm ready for more things as the week goes. You know, it used to be Thursday was my crash day. Man, I tell you what, Thursday I'd work, and then Thursday afternoon I would just kind of crash from all the work stuff, all the working out stuff, my body, physically, mentally, neurologically. I was just kind of done by Thursday. So I feel like I have a little bit more endurance now because I'm not, I'm not cranking the weight up. I'm not cranking the intensity up as high. But with the DVRT solutions, I know I've mentioned this already, it's just amazing how you can have a different body position, a different holding position, and you can still challenge that movement, maybe with not as much weight as I previously did, but I feel better about it. I feel like I have more control, that I can be a little bit more mindful and present with that exercise than just like, hey, I've got a really heavy weight, I'm gonna try to get five reps as fast as I can, even if it costs me a little bit of shoulder discomfort. It's amazing when you take your own advice, how you feel better. So hopefully all the people here uh, that are fitness lie down clients have taken my advice and they're feeling the same things that I'm finally feeling with my body. Um, but you gotta, you gotta just talk with your coaches. So if you're not a part of fitness lying down, talk to your trainer. If you're feeling like you're kind of in that middle range where maybe, you're, maybe your trainer is, because I've heard stories about this from clients that have come in from other gyms, and because they look like they're in shape and you know, there's, they're in shape, but what is in shape really? You know, that could be a whole nother conversation, but because they look strong, they look like they're in shape that they should be pushing this amount of weight. Like the trainers already got this preset notion, this preconceived notion that they should have, be at this weight because so-and-so is at this weight. Well, they don't know that that person has a low back issue that they're battling with. So the trainer comes kind of, you have no you have no right to like question the trainer. You can't say anything. The trainer just puts the weight in front of you and says, hey, you're going to kettlebell swing that. You're going you're gonna to do deadlifts with this weight, and it's going to be great. But then you do it, and maybe you're, maybe you're able to do it. And maybe the pain's not during the session. But you just know that it's going to be a regret later on because your back's going to be a little bit messed up because you did something that you knew better. So if you're in that position and you have a good relationship with your, your personal trainer, your fitness coach, whatever you want to call us, I highly recommend. I know it's easier to say than do, 
But reach out to that person. I mean, ultimately, you are the customer. You are paying us to help you be better. And if we're not helping you be better, please let us know. And if we're worth our salt, we're going to hear you out. And we're going to take that into, obviously, a lot of consideration. And we're going to redo how, we're going to rethink how we work with you. Doesn't mean we're going to put you on the disabled list, you know, the unable to play list. No, it just means like, Maybe we know that, hey, I feel like, and I have this moment sometimes where I see a client, and I'm like, oh, I want them to do the heavier weight. But it's like, you know what? I'm really happy with what they're doing at the moment. And I'll ask for their feedback. Like, hey, how's that weight? And if their response, here you go, like a little trainer trick here for anybody out there. If their response is pretty immediate, and they're like, I like this weight. It's good. I feel pretty good about it. It's always when there's that hesitation. Like, hey, how's that weight for you? And they're like, yeah. And then it's like, oh, so you could probably go up a little bit. Yeah, I think so. So that's a mutual agreement. But I don't want to force heavier things on people. I want to make sure that they are, that I have their permission to do this. And I, I do feel like, though, I mean, as we grow with our clients, the nice thing about our gym and the model that we set up is we have a lot of long-term clients here. And a lot of those long-term clients, I mean, we know so well. We know what works best for them. We know what they still need to work on. And we know places that we're just not going to go with that client because it's just not going to be fruitful. It's not going to be good for them. They'll do what we ask them to do. That's the amazing part. Most of our clients are so like committed, um, <laughs> not straight jacket committed, but they trust the system so much that they will do what we ask them to do. But we as kind of fitness pharmacists have to realize what are we doing to our clients? What should we be doing with them? What is the best exercise for them for this moment? Right? What are we choosing for them? What's the dosage? You know, what's, what's the intensity level on this? So as we get to know our clients better and better, it's easier to make these decisions. And then it gets kind of exciting because sometimes our clients, it's not exciting this way, but they might get injured. There's something that happens that there's a little hiccup in our relationship, not like severe, but we have to rethink now. Say, okay, this person has a hip injury because they fell. They did this or, you know, they injured themselves doing something else. Okay. Now we have to figure out something else. But I always feel like those little moments, and it's funny how clients always apologize. They're like, oh, I'm sorry for being such an inconvenience. I'm sorry for being such a nuisance that I have this injury. It's like, oh, man, this is amazing that you have this injury. And normally, you would take time off the gym to, quote, unquote, recover and rest, where you know it's going to be best for you to come into the gym. And you trust us to work with you through an injury. I think that that requires no apologies. I think that that's like, you, you, clients should be saying, hey, you're welcome. I'm making you a better person because that's what happens is that we become better because we're able to game plan a little bit more. We understand how to work with some of these problem areas a little bit better. So if somebody else comes in with a similar injury, we kind of already have like a template set up. Okay, I know what works. I know what doesn't work. Here we go. So it's, it's a matter of, I feel like I've been all over the board here, but I just want everybody to understand that don't feel like you have to keep forcing the square peg in the round hole. If you're starting to feel like the weights that you're using, even last year, are just feeling a little heavy, take some time off. Don't take time off like stop doing things, but keep doing the sessions you're doing, but don't be afraid to go for the lighter kettlebell, the lighter sandbag. Maybe instead of being in a half kneeling position, maybe you stand, maybe you're in a sprinter stance, maybe you're finding body positions that aren't as challenging. Or if you are, like I said before, if you're decreasing the weight a little bit, maybe you do find a little bit more of a challenging body position, holding position. 
this is just gonna keep you going and it's gonna help with the mental health. Because if all you're doing is you're kind of like, I don't want to work out because it's just, I'm going to, I'm going to keep choosing these same weights and they're so heavy and I just don't want to lift heavy weights today. I don't lift heavy weights today. <laughs> I never thought in over 20 years of being in this industry that I'd ever talk like that because I'm the guy that would typically push the heavier weights. So we want to make sure we make these right decisions, not just for the short term, but we're in it for the long game. We want to make sure that we can keep our bodies moving well and moving often and moving for a long time. So I hope that maybe some of my experiences, again, I'm, I'm not claiming that I'm some old wise uh, guru. I'm not some sage here, but I have experience. And now that as I get older, I'm feeling like I need to make better decisions so that I can move better, so I can live better. And that ultimately I can recover better as well. So, until the next time we speak, my friends, Godspeed.